Welcome to the Ageless Wonders Podcast, where we explore the dynamic fusion of aging well, vitality, balanced living, and pop culture. We are your hosts, Todd Gimble and Jonye Lockett. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ageless Wonders. I am one of your hosts, Todd Gimble, and I am Jonye Lockett, the other half of the Ageless Wonders, and thank you for being here with us today as we dive into some of our fun topics about aging well, uh, trying to remain healthy in this uh, this chaotic world of fast food and um, remote control television. So hopefully we can bring you guys some value and uh, and help you guys navigate the nonsense and uh, and bring you some real good information when it comes to your health, fitness, wellness, lifestyle, and all that fun stuff. Yeah, man. And as you know, uh, our history a little bit, Joinier is a, a trainer, an athlete, an all-around good guy, and I am a trainee of his for many years now. And we thought that today we would kind of talk about how do you start on your journey to fitness and what does it look like and what is the best way to do it in a way that you can make good progress uh, and but not, you know, like after the first day at the gym, come back with sprained ankles and strained right. bones and all sorts of pain. Yeah, all that so, fun uh, stuff because you've gone too fast. Uh, yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good point is the, the, the word to wrap that up is making it's sustainable. Yes. Can you sustain uh, like it that. for the long term? And uh, so that's kind of what we're going to dive into. Though. Can, can you go through the beginning process of making your health, fitness, wellness, whatever you want to call it, making it sustainable? Because I think a lot of people uh, will mess up at the very beginning because they try to do too much too soon. So I thought this was a really good topic for us to dive into because you are the perfect example um, and I have a couple, a few other ones as well of just starting where you are, just starting where you are and realizing that when you start, you're not that same guy or gal from 20 years ago when you were in <laughs> peak condition. Uh, there's, uh, there's ramifications for trying to be that person. <laughs> yeah. Well, so Joinier, what I would recommend as we start is like a couple of years ago, I walked in, you and I met and I said, you know, I want you to get me in shape. And right. uh, you, that's, I'm sure the mantra of everybody that you you train so maybe walk us through a little bit about what you do to kind of assess and figure out the starting point and then what your strategy is to kind of move somebody from you know wherever they happen to be to where you know the goals that they want to achieve sure now that um the the word that you use there is, is, is assess is the most important thing um i I know a lot of young trainers, and I was once one of them. We get so gung ho about getting that new client, and we're like, "Oh, we got to make the best program, the best program possible." And I'm going to whip them into shape in the next thirty to sixty days, and without realizing that this human has not moved in the last six years, maybe ten years, <laughs> maybe twenty, um, you might hey, be putting yourself. Bad, I wasn't no, 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 no. You are. You actually had a trainer when you were overseas. We'll actually dive into that a little bit. <laughs> Um, but no, yeah, all jokes aside, really what it comes down to, that's the, it is, it is, it is what it comes down to is the assessment is, is knowing the history. Have there been any injuries? Have there been any significant illnesses, um, setbacks that, that would limit any movement patterns, uh, progressions that, uh, that might be on the horizon later on, uh, restrictions, 
whether it be mobility, endurance, um, range of motion in uh, in certain areas, uh, as, as, as I mentioned, mobility, but all those different things. And those are things that we work through just from the, the very beginning, right? Like it started with just questions and answers, right? I, I needed to find out your background. Um, that gave me the, the platform to figure out where we're going to start. And, and that is the number one thing is kind of knowing where you are. And that starts with just assessing where you are in your cardiovascular health, uh, your overall strength, your movement patterns, your stability, your ability to hold your weight and move through certain ranges. So all those different things uh, definitely matter when it comes to um, trying to create a, a, a long, sustainable journey is knowing where you're starting. And that starts with the ultimate assessment. Yeah. And, you know, in one of our other episodes, we talked about like building the habits. And my, my thinking is that when you do that assessment, whether it be for me or somebody else, who everybody comes in in a different space. And you as the trainer uh, or as the advisor have to determine, you know, let's do enough so that this person wants to keep coming back. You don't want to underdo it. Say, okay, today we're just going to like do three push-ups. Thank you very much. Get out of here. Uh, sure. And you also don't want to say, great, we're going to push you till you drop. Uh, and then you don't want to come back because you can't right. get out of bed the next day. And so what is kind of your strategy as to, you know, you're doing the assessment. What do you, what goes through your mind? You mentioned a few of the things, but what do you do to put together kind of that first couple of steps? And what are those steps usually? The like, yeah, Good quote, very good question. Um, they all kind of, kind of go hand in hand. But I think the first thing is understanding uh, understanding your lifestyle, me, me understanding your lifestyle, but also making sure that you understand your lifestyle, right? So um, yep. as an example, at the time that we started, you were a uh, you know, high level e executive, super stressful job. Not anymore. <laughs> uh, not yeah. Not, not now he's smiling a lot more. Look at him. Look at him. He's giggling and, and things. When I first met him, he was just a grumpy old man. But anyway, he, <laughs> but um, no, but we, I want to know ex exactly what your, what your, your day-to-day -day looks like. So do you have kids? Do you have to get them up in the morning and get them to school? Uh, what time do you have to be at work? Do you work from home? Do you sit a lot? Are you active and on, on, on your feet? Or, meaning, do you, um, uh, are, are you a teacher that's on your feet? Uh, are you in construction? Or do, you, do you work in retail where you're, you're constantly moving around? So all those little things matter. Sitting in a chair all day, eight, nine, 10 hours a day, like I used to do, like my wife does now, um, that's going to tell a story when it comes to trying to build, uh, build a program for you. So if you're already getting low level activity and moving around a ton, uh, that will also tell me if, uh, if we need to focus on more strength, strength type of work, um, either one of them, we might need to increase your work capacity. So we're going to do a work capacity test. Like how far can you, can you get on a stationary bike or a treadmill for 10 minutes like just let's go and like see how far we can get they give you at the doctor yeah. kind of only, exactly only right. a different version of that just like where is this person can he can he you know can you burn off 10 calories without passing out or can you mm -hmm. you know are you can you go 50 calories or whatever yeah <laughs> that's exactly right that's exactly right so so those kinds of tests at the very beginning is part of the the basic assessment so i can see exactly what we're what we're dealing with and then asking you a ton of questions because it's your journey. It's not my journey. 
I'm just here to try to guide the ship and, uh, and hold you accountable to what you're telling me that you want to achieve. So um, answering the questions of you know, where you want to go, because at the end of the day, it's your vision, right? So you know aesthetically how you'd like to look. Nine times out of 10, most people think they want to weigh a certain amount, meaning they're, they're addicted to looking at a scale. But the scale doesn't really tell you how good a condition or how healthy you are. It's a number at the end of the day. So you could weigh exactly the same now as you did three years ago, but your work capacity now is light years beyond uh, what your weight says now and what your weight says said then. Does that make sense? No, and that's, so that's a good you can point. Get in, you know, <laughs> no, I was just going to say that for me specifically, uh, I might even weigh a little bit more than when I started with you right now. Now, mm -hmm. part of it is we're going to talk about another time. I got a little tire around me. Everything like else seems pretty good. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you're really building up the muscle, I'm sure there's some mass and some weight to that. You know, sure. uh, there there can be two people who weigh 175 pounds and look totally different from each other. Uh, and I could weigh 175 pounds and look terrible and weigh 175 pounds and look good. So the, I mean, obviously there's obesity and there's a lot of other things that could happen, but the fact mm -hmm. is that the weight shouldn't be the only thing for you. Right. Yes. And you've heard me say this and I, I, I will say this until I'm blue in the face. And again, this, this wasn't knowledge for me when I was an, an early uh, trainer. So going back like 20 years ago, it was like, oh, we just got to get the scale weight down. We got to get the scale weight down. But you, you will hear people say, oh, well, muscle weighs more than fat and, and yada, yada, yada. Look, a pound is a pound. One pound <laughs> is one pound. One, a one pound rock and a pound of feathers aren't going to look the same. There's two totally different size and mass in order to create that one pound. Does that make sense? So yeah, it's yeah. Very similar when it comes to the human body. Yeah, I want muscle to be the rock. Is, yeah, the muscle feathers. is far more, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be far more dense than body fat. Body fat takes up way more space. Therefore, I like to say the, the uh, what we call the, I um, uh, just lost my train of thought here, but the scale, scale weight is great, but the yeah. belt test is best. Yeah. Scale weight is great, but the belt test is best. And the reason is, you can ultimately not see that scale move, but your clothes fit totally different. Yep. So yep. your shirt, your shirt, shirts start to fill out a little bit more on the shoulders and the arms, but yet you slim a little bit around the waist or the thighs start to get a little bit tighter uh, if you're wearing pants or sweats and, and the hips get a little bit bigger. But at the same time, your body fat percentage is dropping and your yep. weight is just kind of staying stagnant. So that, that happens. And so at the end of the day, we're trying to create more lean, lean muscle mass and reduce our body fat percentage, both internally so, and externally. So say, uh, okay, so you do your assessment, you find mm -hmm. out the difference between what mm -hmm. I want and what some of your other clients want. And, uh, you know, then what is, what goes through your mind to put together the program? What are the elements of the program uh, that you would put together? Uh, and how does that evolve over time? That good, another good question. But the one thing I want to emphasize here is there's no one size fits all. It, that just does not exist. So it depends on the person. So, but that's. Depends. But I'll stop you for a sec because that is 
when you're, you know, if you're fortunate enough to be able to bring in a trainer, you want a trainer who will do what you do. And, and there is like, I've come in when you're finishing with somebody else. I know you train my wife for a while. You train my son for a while. And the hour that you spent with each of us and with your other clients is, I'm sure there's some similarities. There are certain things you like to do, but they are really kind of put together for that person. So an 18 year old guy is going to get a different set of stuff to do than a 64 year old guy, than a 50 year old woman, than a 38 year old woman. That's sure. And and even two people the exact same age would have different needs. So can have vastly different. And how do you, what do you do that? Those are really, really good points. And uh, so, so yes, and that's exactly what I mean about one size cannot and should not fit all. Um, so the going back to what I said earlier, A is work capacity, right? So when I was working with your son, he was very, very active. He was a, just starting high. He was entering high school at the time. Um, he was still in middle school and was playing basketball and flag football. And he was doing all the stuff. Right. And at the same time, he, we were looking to kind of put more weight on him and take advantage of the fact that he was growing in, in his adolescent years and, and going through puberty and all that fun stuff. Where on the flip side of that, you had been an athlete your entire life. I was start, way past start, puberty. Start and stop well past puberty. Puberty has left the building. Other stuff was happening now. But, I, was at, but, I was at menopause. Exactly, exactly. So the, the, the moves were coming out and all that good fun stuff. But no, but, but seriously, I, you had had a trainer before, before me when you were still living in Singapore. So it's not as if you were completely deconditioned when we started working together and you knew how to move. So um, really what it came down to is what we were going to deal with when it came to your arthritis, because you do deal with, uh, uh, with uh, some arthritic, arth- arthritic joints. And yep. so that was part of the assessment. That is also part of the Q&A. Like what medications are you on? Um, are there health concerns you know, outside of just physical injury? And these are questions that should be asked and should be considered when you're starting a new, a new training program. So we went through all of that. Right. Yep. And yep. so I knew that we were going to have to work through some range of motions in your ankles and your feet. Um, we were going to have to work on, on, uh, loosening up your hips and your lower back. Cause those, those were two really, really, uh, problem, problematic areas for you. And little by little, we did that, right. When we yep. started hinging and, and doing, um, some deadlifts, we started everything with dumbbells. You didn't even touch a barbell. For I don't think I put you on a barbell for like the first three to four months. It was like right. it was all kettlebells. It was almost and all was kettlebells, dumbbells, body the, weight. Yeah, and you were patterns. teaching me the techniques and doing a lot of stretching and stuff to start, so that as you gradually increased, I wasn't going to hurt myself because if you can do the technique with twenty pound dumbbells and keep that in your mind, ultimately when you're doing. 150 pound barbell you can still do it as long as you've learned that technique i think sure and sure. you've loosened up your joints as you said and you've got your mobility better and all that right and that comes down to uh, to also understanding the the purpose the purpose is making sure that you're a good mover mm-hmm. um and and can we move fluidly as we age right so movement patterns is the foundation of of how how i program and how i coach is through various movement patterns. There's 
some that, uh, that, that coaches that are a little bit different, where if you're trying to get on stage and aesthetics is the goal, then you're going to train body parts, right? So you're going to look to do shoulders and arms and back and bias and, and, and that sort of thing. But when you're talking about overall general fitness or, or athletic performance, that's going to be more in the, in the realm of movement patterns versus body part. So I'm trying to get you to move through various movement patterns smoothly and can you do it with control? And so increasing your range of motion and then putting you under mild, low, mild to moderate load. And then as that starts to become easier, we start to make it a little more challenging. New movements, right. new exercises, patterns are very similar, but the actual exercise themselves get a little more challenging. And that's how we start to progress and then reassess. So we do the assess, we program, we implement the program. Consistency then becomes the key. And that's, that, that's, that's another key part of everything that we're talking about is staying consistent. Um, and then you can kind of go back and, and reassess and compare where are we now versus where we were when we first started. Sure. So and, now that and, we've and progressed to this say, point, and now we're going to yeah. progress a little bit more and then check that progression two, three months from now to where we are currently based on the first, the second assessment, if you will. Right. And, and it's a constant thing. So I can say from my own experience, at one point, you know, we, we probably went a little too far one day and we've talked about that mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and that's going to happen because you're pushing the envelope a little bit. Sure. And yep. we had a day where like, I think I went a little over what I should have been. And you know me, I'm eager to please, so I'll do it. Mm -hmm. And then later I'm like, holy crap, I can't even see the road. Uh, right. And then we yeah, course you correct. Yeah, the blackout day and the star showed yeah, up that day. But, but the <laughs> flip side of that is after, I don't know, eight months or so, because there was a little bit of worry because I had had that one day like that. Mm -hmm. We got to a point where I said, all right, jack it up a little bit because now I think we're ready to hit that back to that level. Yeah. And I think. And that's a cool place to be when you get to yeah. that point where you're like, yeah, you know what? I feel like I can dial it up here. I feel yeah. I'm starting to feel pretty good. Yep. And we've done Absolutely. that a few times. And I think that makes, you know, as a person who's working with a trainer, you have to still be cognizant of your own limits and your own range of motion and stuff. And obviously have to communicate with the trainer who will then interpret what you're saying and build it in. Uh, sure. So if it's too much, you say, Oh, whoa, whoa, I don't think I can do that or whatever. Or, Hey, we've kind of been hanging in this spot for a while. Let's, let's pump up the volume a little bit. And right. that's kind of the give and take that I think is a really cool between a trainer and a trainee as, as you build that relationship. Yeah. And I think you, you, you hit the nail right on the head there is you have to have a, a level of a high level of communication and trust with each other and believing that the, the coach who's, who's navigating the ship is going to take into account everything that you're saying. Um, but, and, and give you, give you some of what you want and some of what you need in the right dosage to make sure that you're constantly moving forward. Yeah, that 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 take that takes takes time. It, it takes mistakes. Um, but at the end of the day, and we, you and I talked about this a lot, is the one thing that you um, and and uh, a lot of my clients 
very, 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 very rarely ever get hurt while we're training. You should not be training right. to the point where you're going to risk injury. That's not the point of actually going to exercise. No, you should not be way, getting hurt. Of, yeah, you're trying to injury proof yourself. Well, as, don't as get injured while of, you're yeah. training. The couple of in, like since I've known you, I've had a couple little injuries, and so I know some of your other guys, like Anton, who was one of our yep. guests, and, but. Yep. His was because one of the pieces of equipment screwed up, and mine yes. was because I took my mind off of something. A human and, error, and so, right? I had a human error. It was it had nothing like I had finished the exercise perfectly and just kind of then didn't think. Yeah, why don't you? I, you that's a fun story. Why don't, let's let's talk about that one real quick. Let's let's dive into how you what what happened to you that day. So tell the people so we were we were we were doing um, uh, a dumbbell. Down, we were doing dumbbell dumbbell chest dumbbell press. Yeah. And we were at, I think, like 55 pounds or 60 pounds. 60s. Even. It yeah, was, 60s. It was heavy. Yeah. That's like the heaviest I've ever done. So I'm lying on my back, two 60-pound dumbbells, and coach tells me, okay, when you're done, bring your legs up, put the barbells on, and sit up because it's hard to put them down. Putting them down is tricky. Now, right? before you continue, before <laughs> you continue, I did not teach you this with the 60s, did I? No, no, no. You taught me this way long ago. Okay. No, you, so we had a but much it's part lighter, of that process we, of getting there. Yeah. And we practiced this. We practiced oh, we this process with lighter weights ahead of time. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So so we're doing the 60s and I'm like, I'm super excited that, you know, that's 120 pounds. Hey, that you're knocking pounds. out these 60s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you're, you're repping out the, out the 60s, 60s. Which, you know, two 60s already, you know, weighs more than my wife. So I'm like, press mm -hmm. I call them honey presses. You know, I'm doing these honey presses. That's Plus, because right. she's not even 120 pounds. Uh, and I came down from my set, and I was, like, very excited. And as I'm putting them onto my kind of legs to bring the weights down, one of the barbells just kind of slipped and smacked into the handle of the, like, the end of it smacked into the handle of the other one and kind of crushed and your my finger was middle right finger. In the middle finger was right in between. And... And the I was 60 like, pound head on one side and, and the handle on the other one. And I, the funny thing was, I'm like, man, that hurt. And I had like a little, whoa, that really hurt. I was, I was, and you're like, you okay? You okay? And we, we kind of stopped. We went into the, the locker room, put, I put a little water on. I felt a little nauseous for a you second. You got a little there. nauseous. That's right. Yeah. Oh my God. A little dizzy. The pain was so bad. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm like, okay, I think, I think we're going to be okay. And then like, we finished the workout. We yeah, didn't do we hand stuff, it. but I did some sit-ups, right? Like finished the workout. I go yeah. home. I'm like, this kind of yeah. hurts. But for the people, and, that's just a freak yeah. accident. Freak well, accident. So, Sometimes yeah. that kind of stuff. The next morning, happens. it was black. <laughs> yeah, it was broken. Like you literally it broke was, the tip I of your broke finger. The so. tip of my finger, like in a million places. But yeah. fortunately, it was all right in the tip of the finger, and it all I didn't need nothing. I just put on a splint for a couple of weeks, and right. we actually were able to continue doing things because you're that good of a coach that. You know, we did stuff that didn't involve me needing my hands. So we did a lot of leg work. We did some other stuff. So we didn't Never say, oh, gosh, six weeks, that's it. He's got to yep. sit on his butt. Right. And, we, you know, today we worked out, and I think we were doing the same thing with 50-pounders. And I had a little flashback, but I put them down properly. <laughs> you did. You did. You were extra careful today. <laughs> I did notice that. I did notice that. But no, but so, all good. So, but, but, that's, but, but yeah, to your point. Yeah. That, like that kind of stuff happens. I mean, I've, I've had bar, I've had, you know, big 45 pound plates fall on my feet before. Like, it's just like that kind of stuff is not what I'm talking about. What I mean is if you're squatting or deadlifting or putting something overhead, 
the shoulder and the lower back and 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 all that stuff we're trying to avoid injuring joints and tweaking muscles while we're lifting that's that's specifically what we're talking about and that's why you have the very deliberate uptick in what you're having people do Mm -hmm. so like I can learn to do the right thing when I've got 20 pounders so that when I'm doing 60 pounders, I know what I'm doing. And also when I'm doing, you know, like deadlifts and stuff, when I got up to these heavier weights, I've got the right technique and you're there watching. So it's unlikely. I mean, you still could tweak something, but generally you're not going to tweak something that way because you've built up to it and it's in your mind, the, the, the kind of mental memory of uh of the muscle memory of these moves is something you build up over time with the lighter weights so when you're at the heavier weights you still know exactly what you're doing that's right and a lot of that just comes to what what i like to call the coach what i call coaching cues right there are there are what i call rituals before you lift and there are things that 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 i have uh people do and i i do it myself that all of my strength coach mentors took me through. I had to learn. I had to learn this. Learn this stuff as well, because I had plenty of back injuries when I was really young. I mean, my my L four L five started to herniate when I was eighteen. You know, I was I was young. So, mm. um, and it was just hey, load the bar, load the bar, load the bar and squat, load the bar and deadlift. But no one was yeah. telling me that I needed to brace my trunk and have a certain posture and position when I'm moving said heavy load. So. Here I am super loose around my core and can't stabilize my hips. And it's, you know, like an accordion, it's just jamming down into that lower back. And, and, you know, there's repercussions for that. And I still deal with it to today, but I know I'm not alone in that. So when I yep. say the, the coaching cues, they should be, um, transferable from movement to movement, depending on how heavy that you're, you're getting and, and the volume that you're, that you're lifting at. Right. So you have done a really good job. Like if I turn you loose on your own, you're going to remember to take the big deep belly breath and brace your trunk yeah. before you start to go. And are your feet in the right position? Uh, if we're getting ready to send it overhead, are your hands where they're supposed to be? Like all those little, those little nuanced things. Right. That's also part of the, the process that uh, I, I tend to see a lot of people miss and which can lead to injury if you're not careful. Well, and there's at least two good things that come out of that learning that way that you're teaching. First of all, people can't always go to a trainer three times a week or one time a week or two times a week. Right. So if you start with a trainer and you learn the proper techniques, then when you're working out at your home gym or if you're just going to the gym by yourself, you're more likely to do things the right way. Uh, and, and because you learned them, it's best to put that money and investment in the foundation if you can't do it the whole way through. And then the second one we we've been talking about is, you know, you've got a lot of clients like me when I was a big time exec who are traveling a lot. And, and, you know, I, I know I now, when I'm in a hotel and I need to go to their gym, first I figure out what they have, but I'll ask you or I can go online and find a workout for that day, but I'm okay doing it in the hotel because I know what I'm doing. I probably usually drop things down a half a notch because I don't have a spotter and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's an importance in, of, of you, know, you know, not very too, not too many people can come three days a week to a trainer and even those people travel and do things and, and they're going to have time off from the training. And so the question is, 
what can they do when they're not going to their trainer? And what do you do, like, if someone goes away for a week and comes back? Because you can't always just, like, pick up exactly where you left off after a week. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's very true. So the the main thing that I have people remember when they're not with me is the 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 world is can be a treadmill right if you have access outdoors or to a park you can find space uh, even in your living room floor to get a little bit of work like you had mentioned being in a, in a in a hotel so there's some super simple things if it has a treadmill and it's got bad you got bad weather outside guess what go go to the treadmill and walk put it on five six seven degrees incline and walk for 20 minutes right? Super simple. Yep. Um, you can do that for five minutes and then hop off and do three rounds of 10 pushups, 15 air squats, and a, a one minute plank, and then get back on the treadmill and walk another five minutes, rinse and repeat for 15, 20, 30, one, an hour, right? So these are really simple things that, uh, that anybody can do, or it might be just a matter of just getting your steps, right? Just getting steps in, going out for a walk, Put the headphones on and just, I'm going to go put a timer on. I'm going to go for 45 minutes. That's yeah, something I, that I almost you, anybody should be doing almost every day, just getting out and moving. And that's of what some you sort. preach. Like, hey, okay, I see you Monday, Wednesday, Friday. On Tuesday and Thursday, just get out and take a walk. Uh, Rise and bikes. To a- great podcast like ours and absolutely you know, go out and I, I i i actually do that's when i listen to podcasts because they're usually mm-hmm. like 30 to 45 minutes and you can listen to a whole one during a walk and you don't even think about it but you've just walked two or three miles in that period of time right so the key thing yeah and to your point the key thing is putting it on your schedule that's your time we got 24 hours in a day and how you choose to spend your minutes in those 24 hours is really up to you. So if, and I think I've mentioned this in one of our other, uh, our other shows, that I used to leave the office. And if I had one of those crazy days where I'm just back-to-back conference calls and meetings and everything else, I would take one or two of those meetings outside walking. I would just put the headphones on, mm. and I would log in. And uh, if, it's, if it's one that I didn't have to lead, but I, I knew I needed to sit in on and and be required to listen. I would, uh, you know, not be on screen. I'd, put the, I'd black out the Zoom or I'd just dial yeah. in and Very I can listen. And I would just go and walk just to get out of the chair and, and just change, change the scenery. And you'd be amazed like what those 10 to 15 minutes can do for you energy wise, especially if you've, you've been sitting in the, in the chair for the first four and a half, five hours of the day, then you're eating lunch at your desk. And you're like, you know, I got to get up and start moving. Otherwise, those hips start to get tight. That back gets tight. Your mood starts to get really funky. And so the, the, the body likes movement. It doesn't like to be stagnant. And you start to feel better when you do that consistently. So those, those are really the yeah. low-level things that you can do right now, today or starting tomorrow, is just taking five minutes, 10 minutes to yourself a couple of times a day and just getting up and starting to move. And and I think, you know, as bad as the pandemic was, some of the things that came out of it that were good are not as many people are working in an office anymore. And even those who do work in an office, the rec the, the expectation of being there at certain hours is less than it used to be. And mm-hmm. the expectation that 
you're going to sit in a conference room live with a bunch of people 10 times a day, like I've done many times over the years, yep. is not really there anymore. And 90, 99% of meetings I'm in now are either totally virtual or at least one person is there virtually, generally more than that. Mm -hmm. And that means if you're sitting like me in an office here in my own home, uh, you know, unless I'm totally a crazy hard worker, which I'm not, uh, there's going to be some gaps. And during yeah. those gaps, you get up, you walk around, you walk up and down mm -hmm. the steps. I got a That's TRX it. back here. I can do just a couple pull-ups. I got a jumping jump rope. Um, you don't have to, I guess what you're trying to say is it's great to do a one hour intense workout, but it's also just as good or to to keep yourself active by doing three different five minute things or a 45 minute walk is sure. going to help keep you on track. Yep. Absolutely. Right. And, and, and those are, those are, those are feasible things. Those, that's not, those are the like bare minimum things. Like, can we, can you, to, to the point you just made, can you look in your calendar and say, okay, here's when I sleep. Here's how much time I need to get into work. Here's how much time I'm actually working. Uh, these are my breaks when I'm at work. This is when I have to drop off or pick up the, pick up the kids, uh, walk the dog, whatever, kick the cat, whatever it is you got to do. <laughs> and somewhere in there, I promise you, there are windows where you can take 5, 10, 15 minutes for yourself and just plug in, work out. It pops up. You stand up and you go and do whatever it is that you need to do and, uh, and keep it simple. So, and this is for, again, circling back, not necessarily for people that are trying to get to a trainer, but just how to start, just how to yep. begin the journey and then progress from there. So if you go from five minutes, increase it after about a week to 10 minutes, 10 minutes to 15 minutes, 20 minutes to 30 minutes. Next thing you know, you're going for an hour a couple times a week. And yep. those are small little progressions that, uh, that, that are measurable. And that's the key. Is it measurable? And can you, um, can you quantify it at the end? Well, and, and you made a really good point. Our mantra here is not go get a trainer, go get a trainer. I mean, Correct. I'm fortunate enough that I can do it. And so are other people, but not everyone can do that. Not everyone has the time and not everyone has the ability to find someone that they really want to work with. That should not preclude you from doing things. There are so many resources out there, uh, virtually, online, but you have to pick and choose the right ones. You don't go to some crazy, I guarantee you in three weeks, I'll have you lose your belly because it's not going to happen. Right, uh, right, right, right. You wanna, yeah. and, and I think we can dedicate an, another episode in the future to like, how does somebody look for the right guidance, whether it be a live trainer, whether it be video, whether it be just finding a website uh, that can set up a program for you or that has some programs. I sure, know for the example, right group class. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and yep. yeah, go to a group class. I mean, I know, for example, when I've traveled and I asked you to put some stuff together for me, you've got like a whole library of you, you say, do this exercise, three sets of 10 or whatever. But you also have a place where you can go get a video of like exactly how to do that. So if I haven't mm -hmm. done that thing, I can watch the little video on my phone and say, oh, that's how they do that. And then boom, I can do it. And that's right. free. I mean, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't mean you don't have to pay anyone to do that. You can find that stuff. Yep, absolutely right. And um, I think another really important thing, too, that we, we kind of skirted across it is, is having a community, right? Having someone that you can be accountable to outside of the man of the mirror, of course, 
you have to be motivated yourself to change. Yeah. Keeping it sustainable and, uh, and, 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 and staying motivated, like motivated is what gets us started. Dedication is what keeps you going, right? So you have to dedicate yourself to these little windows during the course of the week. And one of the best ways to do that is to have someone that keeps you accountable, whether that's your partner, your best friend, having a group at work. Uh, it could be a Facebook group um, yeah. that, 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 uh, of, of a community. And there, there's plenty of them. Like we have one. But at the end of the day, you have a community of like-minded people. A, chances are you're probably going to come across someone who has, is already ahead of you and they've done what you're trying to achieve. And you're probably going to end up with some people that are very similar to you that have similar challenges as you. And you guys can navigate and work through those things together. So community also becomes very important um, that I highly recommend too, whether it's one person or five, five people. Yeah. Like doesn't for matter. example, let's say you're meeting your friend for coffee. Let's say, okay, hey, I'll meet you. Let's meet. Let's walk for 20 minutes and then we go have coffee. Absolutely. You, you're chit-chatting. It's not a big to-do. I know Hani does that with some of her friends. You know, they'll they'll do a walk and then they'll go get some coffee. Mm -hmm. Or So that's like even a mini community. And the hardest thing probably is to do it all by yourself. You yeah. know, I mean, only the most dedicated, dedicated nut job athletes can get up at five in the morning and go running by themselves every day. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, I mean, good for them. That good takes on practice. Them, but that, that, yeah, but that, but that's definitely back to our takes habit thing, like the 21 days of habit thing. Right, uh, right, right, right. That does, that yeah. takes, that takes time to get, to get there and, yeah. and it can be done. And not everyone could ever get there. I mean, I could never get there. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you, you, you could. Matter of fact, we're going to put a challenge together just for you. Just, we're going to have a challenge. You could do going to be getting up at six in the morning and going. No, running. no, it may, it may not involve getting up before day, though. That's that's that is very true. Because there are people that that um, um, are more optimal, like they feel their their best to work out early in the morning before they start yeah. any anything during the course of the day. And then there's people that love to do it like in the evening. And you know, there's at the end of the day, there's no real wrong way. Just get it done. Like whatever it takes no, for no, you to get it, it done is what, is what like, you want to do. It's just like you said, in. there's 24 hours in the day. You're going to eat, you're going to sleep, probably going to do some kind of work, mm -hmm. but you're not doing it all 24. There's That's always correct. at least an hour or so you can find in bits and pieces or all in one shot. And, yeah. and, and, you know, for me, I don't, I like the lack of routine. Like when we work out, we'll figure it out the day before. Like today we, we were at noon. Some days we're at eight thirty. Some days we're mm -hmm. at three. I kind of like it that. changes because of my schedule your and your schedule. Clients, yeah. That's and, exactly and right. Happen to be flexible. You have probably other people who have to do it before they go to work, or uh, so yep. you got to hit them at eight in the morning or seven in the morning. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Exactly. So there are some that have like they are on a specific time. I don't even have to call them anymore. I don't have to send a reminder. We just show up at our session or or virtually at our specific time on those same days every single week it's like it's just like clockwork yeah. it's just like clockwork that's it's just great. what we do yep yep so and that does, think, again that does take take a little a little bit of time but if you're doing it by yourself then it might take a little bit more a little bit extra push and that's where i said the community can be really really helpful to um uh, to have someone that you're accountable to yeah so the takeaways from today are one you got to start somewhere and you don't want to start by 
biting off more than you can chew. If you can go get a good assessment from someone, even if you're not going to have a trainer your whole life, having someone get you started and assess you and start you with a program is really huge. Yeah. Two, don't try to get to the finish line too quickly. You're, it, it's a it's a journey. It's a and, journey. Uh, I can clearly say that the stuff I can do now compared to what I could do three years ago is amazing. But it took me a while to get there. And but it, it was did. there was always progress. Yeah. Um, I mean, you look back at, like we were talking about, it, and and again, I'm, it's a testament to you and your in your in your work ethic because we. I mentioned earlier about when we first started, it was all dumbbells and kettlebells. And I've got a picture. Um, I'm going to have to post it of you doing deadlifts. And I believe you had like 20 pound dumbbells in your hand. So you had like 40 pounds. And now here you are, you're, you're, you're pulling, you know, 305 pounds uh, off the ground uh, with, with ease now regularly. And you're 64. Is that correct? That's true. Yes. So yes. So here we are at, I'm not going to call you an advanced age, but you are an ageless wonder. <laughs> I am an ageless but wonder. Yeah, uh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're turning back the clock because you are actually doing the work consistently. And, at, and at, then at what most people would say over the hill. And you're doing well, more than what most people are doing in their 30s. But that's the catch-22 in a good way. That I can feel like I feel because I'm doing all this stuff. If I was just sitting around drinking beer, watching sports and, you know, not doing anything, I could be in really bad shape, you know, mm -hmm. and I have some chronic health issues. But the stuff that we do is keeping me vital and going and running and it's working all the way, you know, it do, it's never too soon to start and you're never too old to stop. You just That's have right. to be knowing where you're at on, you know, and what makes sense for you for where you're at. Um, That's so it. if there's like 64 year old guys out there, women who have not done anything, don't worry. You don't have to do what I'm doing. You can aspire yep. to that. And there sure. are people at my age who are far down the road further than me that I would Absolutely. love to be like too, but I'm not going to like do that tomorrow. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's, it's all about your, your, your priorities and your, and your goal setting. And as long as you have something that you're working towards little by little and staying consistent, you can get there. Great. Well, hopefully that was an inspiring uh, session here. Uh, we it. are the Ageless Wonders. We're going to be back again with more for you. We hope you love or like what we're doing. Uh, yep, like and, it, share uh, it with your friends, tell them to come yeah. see us, and you can find us on all the socials. We'll have the links for you as well. And reach out to us. We are very accessible. We're not famous yet. <laughs> <laughs> right not famous yet but uh hey but at the end of the day we're 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 accessible because uh we we think these are important conversations that we have amongst our peers which is how we got to to, to actually having the idea to bring these conversations to you because i know i know these these are water cooler and uh and couch side talks that uh that we know uh, that a lot of our friends and family have so we think it's yeah important and to coming up we've you know, got more interesting possible. episodes we we got some we got some cool guests lined That's up. Some fun guests uh, coming too. too. Yep. So keep an eye on our website, stick with us. And for today, this is the Ageless Wonder signing off. That's a wrap. Have a good day, guys. <laughs> we'll see you.